Moving into the barriers, Moods, Mytho, Rog and the Rain Man. Set and underway for Moody on the mic. Good evening and welcome to Frontline. No, sorry, wrong show. This is Moody on the mic. I'm Roger Aldridge, not Mike Moore. That was my attempt at a very poor joke, of course, but uh, the lot funnier people are here with me. Peter Moody, good evening and welcome. Uh, great to be here, Rog. Uh, nice of some of us to turn up on time. Uh, as usual, some always late to the party, uh, but nothing surprises. Great racing again. It's hard to remember what happened last weekend uh, during the early part of the spring because you're so much looking forward to the coming weekend, really. No, you're spot on there because I just said to Rain Man, uh, what do you want to hit in? He said, Colding and Very Elegant. What, what what happened there? And he goes, last week. Okay, I'd forgotten about that. Uh, Mitho, welcome to you. Thanks, Rog. And uh, thanks, Moods. Uh, good to see you da- sucking on a dart there, Moods. Uh, it'll lead to an early death, but um, I'm sure you'll be missed by a few. Well, at least I won't have to wait for you when I die, thank God, because I've been waiting for you most of my life. You're never on time. You're an absolute nut of disgrace. No wonder your wife hates you. I'll be late to my own funeral. There's no doubt about that, Rain Man. Welcome to you, Rain Man. Good to see you. Good to see the love between Moods and Mytho endures. Uh, it's the great love affair in Victorian racing. Uh, but yeah, as Moods said, really excited for a big weekend of racing. Normally grand final weekend. We don't have any uh, AFL on this weekend, but plenty of racing to get stuck into. It's been a bit like a, uh, a kindergarten here early. Uh, Rain Man was there with his daughter Alice just before and Mytho's just jumped on. He's babysitting his granddaughter uh, Poppy. So... It does, Mitho, you being late reminds me of that Simpsons episode where Homer leaves Bart just waiting in the rain while he's, you know, that's what I feel like you would have been like as a parent, but you're being trusted as a grandparent. Yeah, there's been a little bit of that, uh, Rog, and to be perfectly honest, I was out on the gator with uh, young Poppy um, and uh, Grandma, Mrs Mithen, has no idea that I am now in the shed over at the farm uh, looking after young Poppy, who's <laughs> wandering through the joint like she owns it. And uh, I'm going to be a bit late home. She's, she's no idea where I am. She may well own it one day, Mitho, but uh, we'll get to that. Moods might not kill you for a while <laughs> just yet. Let's talk about last weekend, uh, Rayman. And it was another terrific weekend of, of racing indeed. And as you mentioned, Colding and very elegant. Uh, nice little race there. Colding got the chocolates. Yeah, it's good to see Colding back to his best form. Didn't really come up in the autumn. And uh, last spring looked as though he could be the next superstar when he won the Epson and the Golden Eagle and really impressed his fashion. I think Colding's an interesting horse now going forward because I'm not sure what the obvious targets are for him. Uh, Chris Wallace said he wants to follow a weight for age path. So I guess maybe they're heading toward, they want to try to get him into a Ludbrokes Cox play, but he's never really been out to 2,000 metres. It's just once you... And they don't really want to go into an Epson handicap with the top weight either. So I'm not sure what they're going to do with Colding going forward. But it was good to see him uh, return to winning form. I'm not sure very elegant loss any real admirers. I think she was pretty good there heading towards uh, Ladbrokes Cox Plate. So I think it's uh, it'll be a pretty good form race going forward. And uh, I think Stars of the Seas and Imaging are uh, looking good heading towards the Epson as well. Yeah, I don't think she's going to lose any admirers. Uh, you know, she won over 1,600 first up. I don't think she loses anyone second up over 1,600 and, you know, still running a pretty good race. Looking a bit further ahead, though, to the um, to the Everest guys, and uh, we'll see that the big behemoth uh, goes into the Everest after two Group 1 wins. And what, what a purchase he's been uh, for his owners. Uh, I think it was a $6,000 purchase, two Group 1s, and now into the richest race in Australia. Anyone? Yeah, uh, well, I wouldn't cut to be a fucking buffeted wonk nut. 
<laughs> Moods. No, nah, not saying anything. Fuck you. Well, and, uh, and I just left the big gap for Peter to come in there because it is his show, as he keeps reminding us. It is named after him, and perhaps he should be first to respond to the fact that Behemoth is taking over the world as uh, the, the best sort of sprinter uh, we've seen in the country. And it took a long while for finally, thanks to the star, for showing some common sense and taking that horse into the Everest. It was a disgrace that everyone waited so long. He's back-to-back -back Group 1 winner at 1,400. It should be perfect for the strong 1,200 required to win an Everest. And everyone sat back on their laurels. What were they thinking, Peter Moody? Well, listen, let's let's be really here that he was picked up straight after he won the second Group 1. It, it was a matter of waiting. Uh, you know, he'd won... Three days later, Peter. It was three days later. It takes three days to do the negotiations, Anthony. Three days, three days, three days, you want... But, uh, listen, he's deserved of his place there. There's uh, obviously a bit of a void in the, in, uh, you know, the top level of sprinting ranks, like with Barnum, who got well and truly walloped the other day. He was taken. Um, you know, I think people are probably scrambling a little bit. Uh, you know, Mitho might even get a phone call if uh, his little blonde bomber happens to win the Moya Stakes on Friday night. Uh, I think it was going to be in the paddock and not contest this race. But when a few have fallen by the wayside in a... Moya Stakes, uh, you know, he's going to line up his filly there. So it's uh, the Everest this year has become, you know, put your hand up, get a run. You know, whatever wins the benchmark 58 at Coleraine on Saturday is probably going to ring someone up and see if they can get a slot. Yeah, I guess the thing about Behemoth is that he's he's a consistent performer. We've got sort of the likes of Nature Strip, who we know his uh, his best is very best. Behemoth's not going to get him at his very best, but he's bad. He's, when he's not good, he's not good. Well, Behemoth is that more consistent raider. So, I think Behemoth is a smart pickup, as we've sort of touched on. There's not a huge amount of depth in the sprinting ranks at the moment. So I think if the likes of Nature Strip and other some of the other fancier horses uh, don't fire on the day, Behemoth will be right there to take advantage. Whatever it is, I mean, it, it is the, it, the race that's bet on more than any, I think from a Ladbrokes point of view, Rayman, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that they start betting on the Everest thick and fast, a long way out, more so than perhaps even the, your Melbourne Cups and your Ladbrokes Cox Plates. Yeah, it's a very popular betting race. Like Racing New South Wales have done a great job with the Everest and it's still an exciting concept. And like this, having the slots does add a bit of interest to it. I'm not sure. This year, because there isn't that competition for slots, I don't think, it's maybe lacking a little bit. But once we get to the race itself, it should be an absolute corker. Narrow the field with Ladbrokes Easy Form. Place form-driven multis or singles without ever having to study a guy. Create your ideal bet using a range of form filters, including runner stats, jockey, trainer and track or choose from market movers and favourite runners. Available on all Australian and New Zealand thoroughbred greyhound and harness races, Ladbrokes Easy Form does the hard work for you. Ladbrokes, back yourself. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. The Valley on Friday night, it's Group 1 racing, and not just the Group 1, there's a couple of key races of interest, but let's kick off with the big one, the Moya Stakes. Brooklyn Hustle's going around, right, man? And uh, is there any money for Mytho's, uh, Mytho's mare? A little bit of money for Brooklyn Hustle early. She's been $18 into $17, but it's a really open race, this one, the Moya, this year. Her sprinter, Fabagino, is the favourite at $4.50. But you've got a host of horses at single-figure odds. Bella Bella's $7. Pippi's $8. Away game's been $8.50 into $7.50. You've got trekking up, the, up there uh, with uh, $9. And you've got other really good sprinters like Haydock at $15. But the early market mover has been Jungle Edge, 
$14 into $12 was $26 early in the week because there is meant to be a bit of rain around in Melbourne on Friday, which can play right into Jungle Edge's hands. And I feel a bit... It doesn't feel right for me to do it. I've never been a particularly big Jungle Edge fan, but I think this could be the, the race for him. This might be his best ever chance to get a Group 1 win on the board. Obviously, any rain will help his chances. But what I like about Jungle Edge, he's got a really good record at 1,000 metres. Some of his 1,000 metres form is outstanding. Challenge stakes early this year. He finished third behind Nature Strip and Red Zell. No horses of that quality in this field. I just think this could be the time and the place for Jungle Edge at a nice price. Well, punters have been keeping a particular eye on Jane Bunn and Lavinia Nixon, the, new, the weather reporters for uh, Channel 7 and 9 in particular, just to see whether the rain's going to come. But what I want to know, Mitho, uh, Brooklyn Hustle, you thought she was a Valley Specialist. She wobbled on the turn last start there, and that seems to have just um, pumped her odds out a little bit. I thought she would have been a bit shorter than the $15. Yeah, I did too. And funnily enough, when noms are out, she was shorter. But then the uh, acceptances came and, uh, and they, they wheeled, out, uh, wheeled her out. Um, I think the barrier suits, she, she'd rather be sort of out there making her own luck than cluttered down on the inside and, and back on the fence and buried away. So um, I don't think that's had an impact. But um, yeah, look, she's, uh, the, the, the thing to note here uh, is that she's not yet a stakes winner. So she's trying to make, break her maiden... Um, maiden stakes win in a in a group one high pressure thousand meter uh, sprint round the valley. So um, you know that's got to be taken into account. I, probably the punters have taken that into account and said, well, there's seasoned tough sprinters here that have uh, performed at at group level and group one level. So um, I, I you know the the price is the price, and we'll find out about her. Uh, you know, plenty of people want to want to tell me she looks like she's got group one ability. Well, we'll find out on on Saturday. I mean, she was only beaten uh, you know three quarters of a length. Uh, to Bella Vella, who uh, has come up, Ray Man, I think, is second pick in, in this market. And, um, you know, I, I don't see any reason why she can't improve off, off that run. Bella Vella will improve as well. So, you know, let the, let the gates break and, uh, and, and the dash for cash begin. But uh, I think there'll be hotter speed in this race than there was um, in the McEwen Stakes all the way through. You know, those cheaper sectionals in the mid part of the race probably cost our girl really hitting the line hard. And um, if we get true pace right the way through this, um, yeah, she can, she can storm home over the top. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously, it's not the, it's, it's not the strongest group one. It's 450 the field. The favourite is a, a Perth horse, who, albeit has an incredible record. But, you know, we've seen WA horses come over here and perhaps not perform to the uh, expectations. But, it, you know, it, it looks a winnable race for a horse like a Brooklyn Hustle or anyone in that field to really... I mean, Hanseatic was hugely rated in the autumn, sitting there at $14. Away game, Magic Millions uh, is, is at $7.50. There's some value to be had if you can find the winner. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, you've got three Group 1 horses in at Trekking, Hay Dock and Valla Valla. Uh, and the rest are looking to make a name for themselves, basically, uh, or, or they're past making a name for themselves. Uh, so, listen, interesting affair. You know, for mine, you know, Trekking's drawn the good marble. Uh, Izzy might just be too good for them. Haydock's super fresh, but he's drawn the boogie gate in 11, and he likes to go forward. Jungle Edge is drawn out there as well. He's going to have to work to get across on pace to his favourite spot. Um, Pippi, does she need to lead? Does she need to be on the pace? She's going to go. The word is that she's, she's going to lead. So she's going to try and lead. Well, she's going to have to go very bloody hard, isn't it? And, and it might set it up for a swooper. Uh, we do know night meetings at the Valley tend to favour on paces. Um, you know, is something 
just going to get the little suck run just behind them, uh, going to bob up here. Listen, it's a very open race. I've really got absolutely no idea in uh, this edition of the Moya. Um, there's not a stand out there. Um, listen, I'm sitting on the fence, a big splinter in mass here. I, I would have gone with Haydock had it not been for that barrier 11 because it, he is going to struggle to get across and get into a spot which he likes. But we know that he, he does love the valley and he is a group one horse. So... Still, I'm still want to be tempted to have something small on him at fifteen dollars just in case. But I think it, I think a horse like Diamond Effort. I mean, it he does not put a foot wrong for a long time and has shown a lot of ability. Is it up to this grade? We'll we'll find out. But at eleven dollars, I'm happy to have a little bit on it to find out. Rain Man, what do you reckon? Yeah, it's one of those races where there's a lot of these sort of progressive horses that are getting their shot at Group 1 uh, races. So Diamond Effort just keeps stringing together, wins together, goes up in class. Fabergino's in a similar boat. You can probably say the same thing about Brooklyn Hustle as well. So it could be a race that does produce a new uh, a new genuine Group 1 sprinter that then, then can go on, go on to the Everest. But it's really, it's a very open affair. I've basically got a mark $8 to field. Uh, I'm happy to stick with Jungle Edge. Uh, I've got a little bit of had a little bit of futures bet early, so happy to stick with him. But great race, really looking forward to it. So you want me to get outside and do a ride dance for you, Ray Man, just to uh, try and try and get some some precipitation in, into Melbourne for Friday night. Just as long as it doesn't rain too much and the meeting gets called off like last time it was at the Valley. <laughs> when, being Wednesday evening, I know it's the early days, but we have got a good three at this point in time. So the, the club are obviously banking on significant rain. Um, otherwise, they'll have to water tomorrow. It's looking like apparently 20 to 50 mils in the next couple of days. So, I mean, that is significant rain. The valley does drain well, but probably not as much as, as well as Flemington. Let's move on to the stud stakes, which is a little bit earlier in the evening uh, and a pretty key runner in this one. We, we, you know, Moods is obviously, uh, Mythos obviously got Brooklyn Hustle in the, in the feature, but Glenn Fiddick uh, goes around in the stud stakes, Moods, and uh, it's come up second elect in the Ladbrokes market. Uh, Rain Man, has there been money for it? 390 to 380, so a little bit of a move there early. Holyfield is the favourite. It's been 340 out to $6. You've got Flying Award at $4 and Churi Tortoni at $4.80. So the market suggests there's not much between those leading four, then there is a bit of a gap. But yeah, it should be a really good race this one. And it, I think this the stud stakes this year, often it can be the weaker three year old lead up to the Caulfield Guineas. But I think this year, this, the stud stakes does look like it's come up a bit stronger than the Caulfield Guineas prelude at uh, Caulfield on Saturday. So I think uh, whoever comes out and wins the start stakes will go probably second favourite in the Caulfield Guineas market behind Chris Waller, Trey Moonga. And what, what's the reasoning, uh, Moods, for, for, for opting this path for Glenn Fick? Well, listen, I'm not desperate to run him. And if the track is very wet, uh, there's a chance that he won't take his place. But uh, if we do get a fair racing surface, he'll probably go there. Um, you know, it, I either do this or I trial him again at Packenham next Wednesday and he's lead up to the Caulfield Guineas. And let's be honest, it's a $200,000 group too. And it gives him exposure to Mooney Valley as well. Um, you know, and everyone's thinking the big dream and the pipe dream. And is a three-year-old going to be competitive in the Cox Plate this year? Uh, if he happens to win the Caulfield Guineas, which I believe he has the ability to do, uh, the logic path could be a Cox Plate. And this gives him exposure to, to the Valley facility for that matter. So if he takes his place, I would expect him to go very close to winning. I want him to, uh, I want him to handle the valley well because I did have a futures bet on him winning the Cox Plate going around with the lightweight. So <laughs> I'd love to see him just tear around the valley. Uh, Mitho, what are your thoughts? Have you had a look? Uh, Cherry Tortini's uh, dual nom uh, this weekend, but it does look like uh, it'll go into Friday night rather than Saturday at Caulfield. And I think 
it's a terrific chance in this race, although I'll be bagging hard for Glenn Fittick. What are your thoughts, Smith? Oh, look, I've been a flying award man for obvious reasons. Uh, the shameless award. Factor, but, uh, oh, I was going to say, who's the star of flying award? I've had not worked there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've dobbed myself in there already. But um, no, look, he does look a very, very, very good horse. And uh, that, that first up run in the McNeil where he flashed through, got out late, um, you know, w- with any luck in running over an unsuitable distance, that horse wins. Um, and um, he probably goes into this a, a short price favourite. But, uh, you know, Glenn Fittick is the obvious horse if Moods elects to run him. Um, he's the... He's the he, he, rates, he rates leaps and bounds ahead of the rest of them on what he's done so far. And in the expert hands of PG Moody, um, who at the moment has an expert 4X gold in his hand, um, he's expertly treating that as well. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the danger. But I, I, I think they're the, I, I reckon they're the two obvious. And I'll be taking a, a good lash at the Quinella if they both run. Holyfield could be the uh, the horse that's suited by the Valley. It'll probably go forward here from Barrier 4. Led from start to finish to win in Sydney last start. So this would be a good chance to see, how, again, how the Sydney three-year-old form stacks up against the Melbourne three-year-old form. And I think Ben Mellon will take him straight to the front. I assume uh, Glenn Finch will be right on the speed of there as well, Moose, if he takes his part. Yeah, I would imagine so. It'll, it'll be a sort of tricky little map there. We wouldn't be keen to let Holyfield cross us and lock us away third defence, we'd, we'd uh, probably want a bit of free air. So he, we would probably make him work to cross us and then look to come outside him if that is the case. Ready to make the switch? If you've got to download a new app today, then go with the one that will stay the distance. The home for racing punters who know what it takes to find a winner. We created Switch to give you the power to pick your promo. And we're the first to give you Same Race Monty on all codes. The betting choice is easy. Ladbrokes. Back yourself. T's and C's apply. See ladbrokes.com.au for details. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Group 1 Racing at Caulfield on Saturday. Of course, it is the time-honoured Underwood Stakes. uh, And obviously... All eyes on Russian Camelot here. First up at the 1600 was absolutely super running second there. And you'd think second up at 1800, it certainly sees the punters think that he's near on a good thing right there. Yeah, punters are very keen here. Opened up $2.05. That didn't last long. Already into a $1.95 and currently accounts for over half our hold in the race. Arcadia Queen looks the main danger. She's $5.00. Mr. Quickie, the popular horse from this show, is $7.50. And then you've got double figures for the rest of them. Humidor on the back of his fee and stakes wins $14. Um, the Chosen won $11. Last start winner as well. But it's hard to make a case against Russian Kamalok here. I, I normally like to do, I, I'm not normally one to dive into uh, a horse at $2 in a group one, but he does look very well set up here. The first up run, as we said, was outstanding. Should only improve on that effort. 1,800 metres looks as though it will suit. I like that he's got barrier nine because that means Ollie can sort of keep him out of trouble. It means he can start his run a long way from home. I guess maybe the other, the only knock on him is does he get a bit too far back at Caulfield? But he did show in the Maccabi Diva stakes that he can settle a bit close to the speed. He does have that tactical versatility. So he does look relatively bomb-proof here. I guess maybe the Arcadia Queen, her best form... Would be, would be up to this, but it's been a while since she showed that. Like, she was beaten in a mare's race uh, the other day. Mr. Quickie, I like that they've, he's been kept fresh for this race. I mean, in the past, we've seen a little bit of second-up syndrome from uh, Mr. Quickie, but he's been kept fresh from that uh, really good effort first up in the Memsey stakes. So he's another one you can't discount. But for mine, uh, very tough to tip against Russian Camelot here. Yeah, I reckon bad luck's the only thing that beats him. Uh, but I'm sure you'll make a case for Mr. Quickie, uh, Mitho. 
Well, it's pretty not against yeah, it's hard to, after his, his run first up, Russian Camelot, he looks nailed on here. At, uh, at, at anywhere near, um, you know, yours for theirs money, I'd, I'd be, uh, if I didn't have another interest in the race, uh, that'd be my go. I, I would have thought the uh, the even money um, about Mr Quickie run the place might be the, the go for Mr Quickie fans. And, and uh, those of us with a pecuniary interest in the horse might just uh, give him a cheer that he goes one better and, and causes the upset. But it would be an upset. Um, he's, he's good. He's He's happy. He's well. He's uh, you know done a great job, uh, Philip, with him in between runs to keep him fresh and keep a bit of speed in his legs. And up to the eighteen hundred is obviously going to suit. And you know, running second behind Behemoth looks pretty good form at the moment, doesn't it? So you know, a fourteen hundred uh, Group One race that was unsuitable at the trip. So um, you, you can make a case for him, but you know, then there's rushing Camelot. So um, uh, no, happy happy to uh, let people go with the favourite here and won't talk them out of it, Moods. Yeah, listen, uh, once again, it's, um, you're looking for a reason why Russian Camelot can get beat. Uh, the two-week back up, he had a pretty solid run. I know the tempo was moderate, but he was wide and facing the breeze the other day and really fought to the line. So you wonder that's got to take a little bit of the edge off him. But what do you find to beat him here? You know, uh, Acadia Queen's the highest rated horse in the race, but uh, as you touched on Rain there before, she's been a long way off at top. And, and the rest are basically handicappers. Uh, Humidor is probably the one genuine group one wait for age horse in the race. Uh, let's be honest, do you want to back him to win again? Uh, he won at big odds the other day, winning the the multiple named Dardo Chin Cham, uh, whatever, Ian States, uh, back him to get the job done again. Um, you know, Mr. Quick, like you said, the form's as good as any form in the race, but uh, he's got to step up and prove himself at weight for age, as they all have to, Russian Camelot included. But uh, yeah, hard to make an argument against Russian Camelot, I'm afraid. Uh, although a little bit very elegant-ish from last week. Um, you know, is he going to be a little bit dulled by that first up run? That, that is the question mark. And, and a couple of these have had a bit more of a longer break than he off that solid run at uh, Flemington. The only thing to bear in mind about Russian Camelot and the, the little chink in the armour might be that he is, he is still a European three-year-old. And, and it takes a bit on it. I know we've seen the European three-year-olds come out at this time of year and, and even win a Melbourne Cup, but they're bred to be stout. They're bred to do that. So um, I, you've just got to caution against it. It says in the book that he's a four-year-old, but he's actually Northern Hemisphere three-year-old. And, and maybe that, you know, lack of seasoning at this level, um, you know, he's good run fresh. So he put the writing on the wall. But um, I think if, if he was to get beaten, there, that, that point would be made that, you know, everyone tumbled into the even money favourite. And he's still, a, you know, effectively a, a three-year-old by Northern Hemisphere standards, which was where he was bred. And regardless of what happens this campaign, when he is a genuine four-year-old, He's going to be a scary proposition and a hell of a yeah. horse. And hopefully we get to see plenty more of him. Yeah. Uh, let's move along to the Caulfield Guineas Prelude, which is race six on the card at Caulfield on Saturday. And this is a really open race. And it is one where well, flying awards come up as favourite at $5.50, but um, not going to run. So, Cherry uh, Tortini. Well, if we think flying awards going to the Valley on Friday night, as is Cherry Tortoni's going to the Valley on Friday night. It's going to be a very different market by the time most punters hear this podcast. And it, uh, yeah, she's a wide open race for him, man, that's for sure. 
Yeah, very open race, and we still don't not sure exactly where some of these horses are going to go. I found this um, a bit of a tricky race in terms of I sort of wanted to take on the Dane Hill form, the Exford Plate form, and but I couldn't really find one on the way up. The one I've landed on here is uh, Aisha for uh, Tom Dubnik and Ben Hayes has had just the three race starts for two wins. Last start at uh, Ladbrokes Park Sandown was pretty good. Um, we'll probably get a, a little bit back from the wide barrier draw with Luke Nolan in the saddle, but it could be sort of the progressive horse that might emerge as a potential Crawford Guineas contender. But as I said earlier, I think the the stud stakes might end up being the stronger race. And I also think that whoever comes down from Sydney is going to be the horses to beat in the Crawford Guineas at this point. I think Crosshaven at, at a price here, not that it was super last start, goes around at $9. Obviously, that'll shorten up when the scratchings come out when we do see what horses go to Friday night. But I thought Crosshaven was a good chance. Yeah, don't disagree. It is an open race. We, we just don't know where uh, Flying Award and Cherry Tortini are going at this point in time, obviously. I've got a lot of time for one uh, down the bottom there. Not, also, Azar, I agree with uh, Rain Man's comments there, but Savannah Cloud, it was very good on a provincial maiden the other day, the son of Savabille in the Philip Stokes camp. I've got vested interest there with my involvement with the Wiley Dalziel team, and I was a part of the purchasing of this horse, and... Uh, He's a bloody nice horse and he was super impressive. I reckon he'll take good benefit from that strong maiden win at Cranbourne the other day. Camborne, the Mick Price, Michael Kent Jr. horse, he was, uh, he's was he been super impressive in winning at Donald and Bendigo. Uh, to me, he looks like a horse that probably wants a mile, mile and a quarter even now. So he'll be strong through the line. So very open. Flying awards the horse to beat if he does line up, as he is the horse to beat on Friday night if he lines up. He's probably nearly going to be the favourite in either race. But, uh, yeah, give strong consideration to Savannah Cloud. I think it's going to get a good run from the, from the good draw. And uh, I think it'll be very hard to beat the nine. All right, well, the 1,000 guineas prelude is race seven on the card at Corkland on Saturday. This is a little bit tighter market, 3.30 the field. That is instant celebrity raid, man. I'd be used to know where the money's going because um, I really like the run of Night Raid last start, uh, a horse out of the Mick Price and Mick Kent Jr. stable. And, uh, you know, I think she's looks like she's got a lot of talent. And um, and I know the stable are very keen on it too. And I think at $4, I think she's second elect in the market, Rain Man. She should be hard to beat. Yeah, they're the two that punters have come for early. Rog, Instant Celebrity, the unbeaten Instant Celebrity is $3.30. Night Raid at $4. Night Raid, I, I agree with you, Rog. I think Night Raid was really good in the Atlantic Jewel Stakes. The form coming out of that race has already been pretty strong. I think she's still got some upside to improve. It'll be interesting to see how Instant Celebrity does go in this race. This is easily the toughest test of her career today. Like she's looked very good thus far in Adelaide, but it was only in Adelaide. This is obviously a step up in quality, so we'll see how she fares here. Uh, Let's Be Glam's a horse I've got a bit of time for. I liked its first up run. You're getting $12 at the moment, which I think is well and truly over the odds. So I'll probably be backing, I'll be backing Night Raid at the $4 and uh, Let's Be Glam here at the $12. And I'm happy to take on Instant Celebrity and see how she does fare in this grade. I'm uh, Eastern Celebrity. I can't um, see why it won't be winning. Um, it's looked uh, super impressive. Um, and we saw, you know, I was I tried to talk myself out of behemoth uh, coming over after winning a, 
a you know, moderate stakes race over in Adelaide and then bouncing over to a group, group one company in Melbourne and, uh, and that form stood up. So maybe it is uh, time for the South Australian Raiders. Uh, they always do well when they, they set one up uh, and uh, I can't see why instant celebrity, um, you know, that looks dynamic, looks to have the, the speed and, and can run the sectionals to take this out. So I'm with the favourite, I think. Peter Moody. Yeah, uh, another very open race. I've been a fan of and Celebrity too. She's looked outstanding there and uh, those wins in Adelaide's done a hell of a job. Just bearing in mind, Caulfield can be a little bit of a graveyard first time. So I'm glad to see her here before the 1,000 guineas. Wonder whether she'll just benefit from the run at the track. A night raid with a slightly better draw. Um, does that give her a slight advantage? I think Instant Celebrity going forward. But maybe Night Road just holds the whip hand this weekend, being trained on the track. Yeah, and I, I agree with you, Tom, as well. I thought Let's Be Glam was the other one I did have an eye on as well, especially those double-figure odds. So maybe we found the trifecta there, one, four, and five for all the punters. Get on at ladbrokes.com.au. Narrow the field with Ladbrokes Easy Form. Place form-driven multis or singles without ever having to study a guide. Create your ideal bet using a range of form filters, including runner stats, jockey, trainer and track. Or choose from market movers and favourite runners. Available on all Australian and New Zealand thoroughbred greyhound and harness races, Ladbrokes Easy Form does the hard work for you. Ladbrokes. Back yourself. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. We did plan to have the trainer of Rothfire on, uh, Rob Heathcote. I spoke to him this morning. He was on the golf course. Now, last time we had him on, he'd been a long lunch. And I'm a little bit worried that perhaps Rob, he's not answering his phone or messages at the moment, might have had a couple of the 19th on the golf course. And good luck to him if he did, because he's got one of the best horses in the country at the moment and goes into the Golden Rose on Saturday as a $1.90 favourite. Brave man, and it would be a brave man, or a brave punter, sorry, I shouldn't be so sexist, a brave punter to bet against Rothfire after that last start win. It was unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely right, Roger. We've got these two group ones on Saturday with two short price favourites that you can't really knock. Rothfire was just super, super impressive in the run to the Rose. He sort of looked bomb-proof throughout his entire career. I like the fact that because he won that Jay Jackins in the, in the uh, Brisbane Winter Carnival over 1,400 metres, that doesn't hold any fears for him. If anything, he was better over 1,400 metres in that race. So the step up in trip here looks ideal. Barrier 8 is a little bit sticky. I was interested to hear Rob's thoughts about what uh, Jimmy Byrne would do, but I imagine he'll still go forward and be happy to sit outside the speed because Rothfire has shown he can sit on a hot speed and still sprint strongly at the end of the race. So he's a horse I've got a huge opinion of. I think he'll win this race. The danger for me, and I am talking through my pocket a little bit because I am on at a big price in a futures bet, is Olkirk from uh, Team Hawks. It ran all the fastest closing sectionals in the run to the rows and it looks ideally suited by the step yeah, up boys. 1,500 metres. Whether he can beat Rothfire over in this in this golden rose, I'm not sure. But I think uh, whatever happens, Olkirk will be storming home late and I think he'll be one of the horses to beat heading towards Melbourne for the Caulfield Guineas. But really, I'm a huge fan of Rothfire. He's definitely the horse to beat. And, and Ole, I don't know whether it's Old Kirk or Ole Kirk, but certainly that's the only other horse in the race I could find that could potentially beat Rothfire. It, it might be bad news for uh, Rob Heathcote, Nick, though, because the last time he was on this show, he then came out and won a group one that weekend. So I, if I was him, being a superstitious man that I am, I'd be wanting to come on. And he did seem very keen to come on. I think that might have played into it. But, geez, you wouldn't want to tempt fate um, by not coming on the show... 
and then having the group one this weekend because we might be his good luck charm with that. Yeah, both if you're yeah, Ladbrokes punters and you want to take the, the double, uh, the, the two good things, Russian Camelot and uh, Rothfire, um, you're going to get about four bucks. So that might be um, the way to line your pockets on the weekend in the group one races. But um, well, I think North Pacific can run a good race here. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's, the, he's the horse on the way up, but you've probably got to do it at this level uh, before you start putting your hard-earned on. And, uh, and like you boys have already said, Ole Kirk uh, was, the, was the watch horse with those big sectionals uh, in the run to the rows and, and hasn't let anyone down. But a bit unlucky in his two-year-old season too down here in Melbourne. So um, he's, he's certainly a horse that uh, has got a group one in him, but it's Rothbier's race to lose at this point. And we're very uh, privileged that? now to have, uh, to have the jockey of Rothfire, Jim Byrne, just jumping on uh, the Zoom chat thanks to a, a nice little text message with Moods. Jim, you are muted at the moment, but thank you very much uh, for jumping on. If you want to unmute yourself and just fill us in on, um, on Rothfire. But first of all, thanks for jumping on. Hey, mate, how are you? I was just thinking, how do you unmute? <laughs> I'm a bit like me. <laughs> <laughs> hey boys, hey Jim, hey, hey boys. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Look at you. How are you, big man? We're having a Forex, mate. We're celebrating Queensland today. The thriller from Chinchilla. Oh, there you go. There you now, go. Boys, I've got a I've got a bit of a backstory here. Jimmy and I go what a long, long way and uh, he used to do a lot of riding for me back in the Queensland days. And if there's ever a bloke that deserves a good horse, I'm not in his pocket or pulling him off with my ass cheeks like Mitho does to every guest on the show. I'll give you a little story here. Many, many years ago, I had a horse named after my three daughters called Carbracel, and she was running in the Doombin Roses. Yeah. And this horse arrived from New Zealand uh, that hadn't really hit the big stage, but they were desperate for Jim Byrne to ride her. And I (laughs) held him my horse, Carbracel. Now, as they say, the rest is history. That horse was ethereal. Scott Seymour got the ride. It won the Doombin Roses, the Queensland Oaks, and backed up later that year and won the Caulfield and Melbourne Cup. So no. It did. I cost him the ride on the great ethereal. And Scotty Seymour, as they say, the rest is history. I was able to repay it in a little way many years later. I was able to put him on a Queensland Derby winner. But if ever, yeah, a, jockey, yeah. if ever a jockey deserved a good horse between his legs... Off the back of that, it is Jim Byrne, and I hope Rothfire takes him a long, long way. Jim, that is only to appease Peter Moody's guilt. It's, <laughs> it's, got, it's got nothing to do with his like or love for you. It's just got his, his, his guilt that his parents put on him, his mum's still putting on him to this day. So don't listen to a word. You go and do it for yourself and Rothfire and all their connections. Don't do it for Peter Moody. I can't believe you jumped on this chat after that story. I can't believe you still <laughs> talk to the bloke. Yeah, no, funnily enough, um, oh, I don't know, Pete, Pete was giving me so many rides and uh, I was doing doing a lot of his riding and, and I mean, like, we just, I mean, like Luke would have told you over the years, he, he's just such a good guy to ride for um, and, you know, you felt obligated, uh, obviously, shortly after that I went overseas, so <laughs> I didn't actually get over it too good, but, um, you know, and even then, Pete... Uh, Prior to me going overseas, I spoke to Peter about it, and he said, "Oh, look, Jim, it's uh, an opportunity. You, you know, if you think you need to take it, take it." So, you know, Pete said that he was going to move to Melbourne, and um, you know, it's uh, oh, look, I won't say it left a bit of a taste in my mouth, but they're, they're the decisions <laughs> you make, and uh, it was a pretty, it was a pretty raw, it was a pretty raw one to take, though. 
Just how special is this horse, Jim? I mean, he, he really does look like... We, we know that um, Bob Heathcote had said that um, he could be better than buffering, which is an, obviously an unbelievable rap. I mean, how special does he feel? Oh, look, he's a... You know, I've, I've always had a fairly high opinion of him. Um, it's more... I think um, he just continually steps up to the mark. And uh, prior to uh, the run to the Roses, he hadn't met a field of that quality. So you were, you had it in your mind where you thought he'd be uh, and how good you thought he was, but you were never 100% certain. Um, and even still, I mean, like, he's still got to prove himself. He only beat, uh, um, you know, I mean, like, that, that race was run at lickety-split speeds and, um, you know, Come Saturday, uh, you're going to, you know, we're really, get, that'll be the telling factor on Saturday because, look, it, again, it's a very, very similar sort of field. Uh, you've got yardstick in the race. It's, a, you know, a bit of a pine cone uh, there for us sort of scenario. It's a bit of a prickly pear. So I think, um, you know, he'll roll forward, as will I. Uh, Peltezza will roll forward. So there's going to be good speed in the race. And, um, look, if I don't lead, it'll be yardstick and I'll be sitting outside him, but I don't... Uh, for a second, think that it won't be slowly run. They'll be running it along at a good at a, at a good clip again. And uh, you know, I couldn't fault the horse this week. He feels really good. He feels like he's, um, uh, you know, like he's um, the the run to the roses has done him no harm at all. Looking at him uh, on on Tuesday morning in his box, he he had uh, you know dapples coming out of his ass, so he just looked fantastic. Moods, Jimmy, you must have been. Uh, really pleased. I, I know it was off a very hot tempo the other day, but you, you landed two in front of them out of the gates. Yardstick and the other horse are going to have to work very hard to cross you, but you must be confident now in the horse's ability to put his head on his chest and, and travel off that speed, which gives you a lot more option, where previously he just looked like a horse that was running along and doing his own thing, but uh, you're able to control him in the run off that off that uh, solid tempo the other day. So it gives you a few more avenues if something does want to diggerise you're up on the speed now. Yeah, without a doubt, Pete. Uh, it's, um, he, he's so quick out of the machines. Uh, the first two strides, he's, he's already, uh, as, you, as you suggested, a length and a half in, two lengths in front. So he's very, very quick. I, I went right through Yardstick, and I know he's very, very quick as well. Uh, so Pel, uh, Peltezza is... Uh, Probably, you know, they don't ride him aggressive or, or anything like that. He's just, uh, he's probably that length behind us sort of scenario. So the way I see the race panning out, um, look, come Saturday, it may turn out completely different and I'm, I'm setting tempo. But uh, either, either or either, it doesn't really bother me. Um, we've been putting a lot of work in the horse, uh, working him in behind horses prior to uh, this preparation. Uh, he was always just way better than him, even, even working with a horse like Deep Image, who, you know, is a good listed horse in, 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 in Brisbane. Um, we were working him in, by, trying to work him in behind Deep Image, but unfortunately, he just hadn't matured enough to come back and, 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 and switch off. But once he got out and he started rolling along and doing his own thing um, and, and doing his evens, uh, prior to doing his evens, he would always want to do that a little bit quicker on his half pace. So you just, you'd have to let him do it and... Uh, lo and behold, now he's just completely reversed. He's just nice and relaxed early. Um, his evens are perfect every time. Um, and it does. It gives you that confidence that the horse has matured. Uh, it gives you that confidence that, that the moment I ask him to come back, 
you know, I'm not fighting with him for too long. I mean, like you, you still have to work a little bit with him, but that was uh, just freshness. I think the other day, um, obviously when Farnham went up, I'd already set a pretty good tempo. Uh, I thought it was just freshness. The reason why he was on the bridle for that probably 20 odd meters. So um, it's going to be a lot different, I think on Saturday. And Jimmy, uh, tell us about um, the, the trials and tribulations you had to go through to leave your home state of Queensland to, to get to New South Wales um, to, to ride this horse. What, what's, the, what's, what's the scenario and where are, you, where are you hold up right now? I've got a buddy, uh, Rod Loggy. Uh, he was one of my groomsmen uh, at my wedding. Uh, he's got an he's a, a, a electrical or logistics company uh, that he's uh, basically, he, uh, he's got a bit of a bachelor pad here at Randwick. So uh, I'm held up in his bachelor pad. So, um, you know, I've, that part was pretty easy. Uh, the, the most difficult decision to make was, um, and, I, and I discussed it for, for oh, near on a month uh, with my wife and knowing the, the times that we're in, uh, uh, Pete would probably tell you, I'd, I'd, I'd have a pretty tough time whilst, when I was younger, I could sleep in, Pete. It's a little bit different now. <laughs> I don't sleep real good now. So, um, you know, I live inside. Uh, living inside doesn't really cope real... Uh, I don't really cope with that too good. So uh, it was a difficult decision in regards to that. Um, but my wife, Ramey, you know, the one thing she said to me was that if, you know, could, could I live with not making the decision to go down? Uh, and that was pretty easy thereafter, you know, because I, I couldn't. Uh, I had that much of an opinion of the horse that I, I, I had to do. I had to do it no matter what. And, um, you know, I mean, like at the end of the day, you just got to get over it. And, and uh, my, my son's here as well. So that made the decision a lot easier. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a huge family man. So uh, to see my son and, uh, you know, have a bit of a drinking time with him, uh, definitely uh, put, a, put a bit of icing on the cake. So are you, race, are, you, are you riding much? I, I haven't been following the form and seeing you in there. Are you, are you able to? And what's the scenario? Are you able to go outside, ride a bit of track work? Is there any of that on offer for you? <laughs> oh, look, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I, I'm, I'm a little bit different now, Pete. <laughs> I don't mind a bit of hard work. But um, actually, uh, I, um, I, I am going to the track. I'm not getting a lot of rides, I must admit. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm probably not doing the, the midweeks, uh, mainly because suspension and the way things work down here, it's a lot different to Queensland. Um, you know, I mean, I don't want to take this, make this sort of sacrifice and, and not be there on game day. So I think uh, I'm just taking that step back. Originally, when I come down here, I thought, no, you know, I'll, I'll work all the way through it. But uh, a couple of things on uh, the first meeting, I just thought, you know, look, if I got suspended and I was out, for or, or injured and I was out for uh, Everest day I would uh, that's something I couldn't forgive so look I've just got to uh, keep myself as fit as possible I've you know walked 10k again today so um, you know it's just uh, I whilst I want to I want to work it's just a little bit difficult uh, because you've got to be very mindful of uh, the job the job's not done yet it's uh, you know we're only we're only a very very short step uh, we've only taken that very short step at the moment if you didn't sleep well before, Jim, I reckon passing up the ride on Rothfire would have given you some sleepless nights. There's no doubt about that because, as we said, he does look almost bomb-proof. Now, given that you've jumped on just as we're about to go into our best bets, 
stick around because although you probably don't have too many other rights besides Ross Fire, but we'll get you to stick around for the best bet segment if you don't mind. If you want to have a bit Got of it. a think. Uh, we'll kick off as we always do with the resident Rayman. Uh, Rayman, give us your best bet for the weekend. Rog had a bit of success for the horse at double figures in Sydney last week, Takamoshi. So I'm going. You yeah, sure to... did, mate, because I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, well, you, I, I hadn't received a pat on the back from you, so I had to give it to myself. <laughs> never will. Uh, we'll go. Uh, I'm looking at the gloaming stakes. Race four at Rose Hill Gardens, a horse called Bucharest. Uh, there's a short price favourite in there for Richard Freeman, Love Tap, who's got some really good country and provincial form. But I'm happy to take it on with Bucharest. Whose first two wins in Newcastle are really impressive. Last start in Sydney, just things did not go to plan whatsoever. But I think it's it's a horse that does have plenty of upside on the best form it showed during its short career to date. I think he can win this climbing station, getting eleven dollars at the moment, which I think is well and truly over the odds. I think he can win this race and go into the Spring Champion Stakes as a genuine chance in that contest. All right, Jim Burn, have you got a best bet for us? Oh, yeah. well, look. I think my horse is going to be pretty hard to beat in the Roses. Um, so, look, I'm just going to go with him because at the end of the day, uh, you know, I've got to put balls on the line because I already have. So, I think he's going to be the hard to beat. Normally, we'd give anyone who tips an even money pop shit, but uh, given that you've been kind enough to give us your time late and also the fact that we all agree that he's probably going to win, uh, we'll let you slide this time. Mitho, are you going to go with Brooklyn Hustle at 15s and your Rosemont Ruffy? Oh, I don't know about that. Um, I'm I'm also waiting for my wrap there, Rain Man, uh, having tipped the Tibby Stakes winner last Friday in uh, All Saints Eve. Anyway, little you know pat on the back, Mitho, tipped a winner, got a Group Three uh, for for Rosemont. That was good stuff. Um, I'm going to tip her sister who uh, won a little unexpectedly first up at Hawkesbury um, a couple of weeks ago, All Hallows Eve, uh, back to the scene of the crime uh, Thursday afternoon for punters listening on their podcast. So Hawkesbury Thursday afternoon, I think it's race four, Rain Man, All Hallows Eve. Uh, and I reckon you're going to get close to about uh, 10 to 1. Uh, I Somewhere between eight and ten to one uh, in early markets. So um, all Hallows Eve to um, put a couple of picket fences. Open nine dollars fifty already into eight dollars. Then Mitho. Beautiful. All Hallows Eve. things on that. Very few people are going to be able to get on because there's only a few hundred who can get this podcast before that goes around. Uh, I'm going to tip uh, Hort Brion Her, who of course we spoke about the other week when J Mac was on. Uh, Moods is. Had been impressed with it. Uh, it came out and ran accordingly at around eight dollars. We're not getting eight dollars this weekend uh, at Rose at Rose Hill. Uh, Hortbury on her is uh, is going at around about two dollars ninety uh, in race eight at Randwick. But uh, sorry, two dollars thirty five. So race eight number two. So I'm almost in that even money territory. But uh, I do think it's going to be very very hard to beat. Uh, it is getting dark where Peter Moody is at the moment, so uh, and it is getting late. It's almost dinner time. So, Moods, give us your best and wrap things up. Well, a bit of self-interest uh, as well. I think I found Hortbrunner uh, uh, two weeks ago. Probabil was my best last week with colding in the multiples. Uh, you obviously left uh, my little wraps out there. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, smile, you wonk nut. But uh, <laughs> I'm a bit of self-interest this week. Three runners from Moody Racing Packenham Stables this weekend. Glenn Fiddick, I believe, can win the Stutt Stakes if he takes his place if it's not wet. I believe Platinum and Vader in the JRA Cup. Uh, he'll be good odds, uh, Rain Man. A race seven, I think, on Friday night. It was $17 when I looked this afternoon in the JRA Cup. Uh, we've yep. got a 
a couple of uh, shorties in there in that race. Yep. But he's now uh, out to uh, $34. So it has been an early drifter there. Uh, Al Giel, the uh, Manny Valley favourite, uh, specials is $3.40. So $34, $7 the place, Platinum Invader. I thought uh, Platinum Invader ran tremendous first up the other day. He has a, takes a mess, massive leap on his New Zealand form first to second up. And I think he can run extremely well. But he's another one that doesn't like the wet. So uh, he, he can run well there. And Simply Invincible takes on the Rosemont stud-owned Iconoclasm in the Open 1400-metre handicap at Caulfield on Saturday. I also think he's an excellent each-way hope. So I think Glenn Fittick wins. Platinum Invader and Simply Invincible uh, can run extremely well, both at double-figure each-way odds and uh, can give you a great sight. I'd very much... Oh, hang on, Rain Man. Yep, you've stepped back in. Yeah, sorry, $20 Simply Invincible at the moment, Moods. Well, there you go. I think a, a great value if you follow Moody Racing this weekend and hopefully my tips can continue on. So a big thank you to me old mate, Bonehead Burn. We've got a great relationship, <laughs> mate. And I dearly meant what I said. If anyone, I deserves, that, anyone deserves a good horse after I cost you the ride on Ethereal all those years ago, you do. Mate, we have a little catch cry on this show and arguably you're riding one of the fastest, if not the fastest horses in the country. And we're going to find that out in a few weeks' time when you take on Nature Strip. It is, let fast horses run fast. Yes, I agree. I totally agree, mate. Lamp Rokes. Back yourself.